Miami has I have to say it. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. What, 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 what? How could you not predict at least 10 to 13 wins for next season is all I'm saying. But Jesus again, Christ, 13 wins. I listen. You, I, know, I said, you want an opportunity to play, and the Jets are giving me an opportunity to play. I just, I'm sorry. I just remember that you compared Kiseki to Kelsey. I'm sorry. I did not. You know what? About it, I am ready to get hurt again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Battered Fins Podcast, Episode Seven. I am your host, the Battered. Oh wait, no. I, I've I've had a battered week. Sorry, the Bearded Fanatic. That is my co-host. <laughs> the battered Jets fan himself, Danny G. And ladies and gentlemen, we're back after three straight losses. Danny, um, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna cover that here in a bit. But before we get there, obviously my background's a little bit different today. I am recording from the Oven State, Phoenix, Arizona, as I'm over here for work. But Danny, how the hell are you doing today, man? I am doing pretty well, sir. I'm pretty well. Football-wise, I'm pretty well. No, you don't have to brag. You don't have to brag. You guys, you guys are on a, you guys are on a hot little streak, a three-game streak of our own. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So as, as, as we were doing this, and you guys were just doing this, now the roles have changed. You know, that, and that's just that's what football is. That's as soon football. as you think, as soon as you think that you're on the high horse, that horse makes you fall off and then kicks you in the mouth while he's running away. But sir, let, let's get into it because and we're not going to we're not going to spend too much time on this week's episode talking about the Vikings. It's already happened 4 days ago. I'm pretty sure that by now you guys have heard all the stories, but there's just just a few topics that I wanted to graze over Danny if that's cool. So let's quickly let's recap go. the Vikings at the Finns. And the first topic and I really felt like I wish we could have recorded Sunday, but it it was a tight window as far as getting an episode in and then me having to fly out the very next morning. But the the topic, and I said this at um, <laughs> I said this to Big E um, right after the game, or right before the game, I should say. I said, "Can you imagine if we have a third straight week where our starting quarterback doesn't play?" And Danny, that's exactly what happened. Three straight week, weeks where our starting quarterback for said game practices the whole entire week and doesn't end up finishing the game. Now, granted, we live in a world where people don't want to hear excuses, but you have to admit that with that type of situation, that's a pretty valid excuse because you're game planning behind said quarterback strengths, and now all of a sudden you got somebody who didn't get the practice workload, just had a bunch of mental reps, and now you have to go back to catering the offense to the other quarterback who's coming in. And I know this is a little off topic because it's not necessarily about the Vikings game, but at this point you've gotten a good look at all three quarterbacks. Fair enough. At this point – I understand two as the starter, but who would you prefer to have as the backup now that you've gotten a really good look at Skyler and at Teddy? Uh, that's a very fair question. I would prefer kind of how I told you coming into the preseason. I wish I could save the money that we're paying Teddy, and I would have given it to Skyler back then just based off of value and the aspect of what we're currently paying. Um, I thought I saw enough from Skyler to say I think he could make a decent number two based off what he did against the Vikings, that basically the way, if it wasn't for five straight offensive penalties on our offensive line, Danny, he was moving us up and down the field before he basically injured his hand. And he didn't play that bad against the Jets either. He didn't, coming in cold, like I said. And what I saw, and my boy Nelson was there with me, Danny, we saw a kid, seventh rounder, 
third-string quarterback come in and do a good job against a solid Minnesota defense. Um, he took advantage of where the weaknesses is, got us down in the field, got Mike Gusecki involved, which I thought was going to be a big thing. You have to get that tight end involved, especially your your safety blanket, sort of say. But getting back to the original question, I'd rather I'd rather go ahead and have Skyler as my backup. But ultimately, going back to the question I asked you, three straight weeks of not having your starting quarterback play the game, that has to plague you somehow um, and being able to finish these games and get the dub. No, for sure. And the fact that Teddy came out and, I mean, he, he just didn't look good. I've told you no. since the preseason that I thought Teddy was probably the best backup quarterback in the league. You did. And I think at some points in the fourth quarter, he finally kind of showed it. There was this one drive where the drive didn't look like it was going anywhere. I think it was third down. He avoided a sack, hit Tyreek Hill uh, down the middle yep. of the field. Tyreek yep. stopped on a dime, turned around, and gained like 20 extra yards. Yep. And I think they ended up getting into the end zone that drive. And I was like, okay, this is the Teddy that I've been talking about. And then the next drive, I think he threw a pick and it was over. So it was yes. just one drive. But for the most part, I think Skyler has showed a lot more when he's gotten on the field. So much so that I think this game is different. One, if he stays on the field, obviously, doesn't get hurt. And two, if you guys score on the first two possessions. Because yeah. on the first drive, you guys got into field goal range. But then you gave up a right sack. Away. And yeah. gave up that sack, took you out of field goal range, had a punt. Second drive, you guys got into the red zone like three times in a row, but penalties kept taking you out. I, I've yep. never, I don't know if that's ever even happened before. Five penalties, <laughs> I think it was like on six plays. It was ridiculous, yeah. but you, but Skyler kept getting you guys into the red zone. So it's like his yes, consistency was there. There's just so many, so much you can do in that situation. Um, I, I think that he showed that he's he's going to be your number two going forward. I would assume. I just don't know how his thumbs looking. Yeah, and, and that's fair enough. They, they kind of talked to Mike McDaniel about it. Um, he says the point he said was, um, I think you'll see him in a few weeks. So he's nowhere near being ready to go back to being the what number two. What is it that happened to his thumb then? They, they said there was like an inline fracture right here. It wasn't it, – or hairline fracture. If I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what they, they mentioned what it was. Um, he smacked his hand, his hand pretty well. Um, but again – uh, just based off of that, but talking about the main topic, having three straight weeks where the main quarterback who practices doesn't play, it's going to put you in a bad position. But you know who, who continues being in that bad position, Danny? It's that Dolphins defense. and It's kind of what, what I've been preaching for the last few weeks. You and many other people give them shit saying, oh, well, maybe they're not as dominant as Danny. Dalvin Cook shut down. Justin Jefferson for the majority of the game shut down. Kirk Cousins wasn't looking like the Kirk Cousins that, you know, the, putting up three TDs a couple weeks ago. He was looking like the Kirk Cousins that people in Minnesota tend to see, which is a not-so-good Kirk Cousins. But he didn't throw any, any interceptions, but we kept getting them off the field. But unfortunately, our offense kept putting them back on the field. And it was just continuous three and outs, three and outs, three and outs on offense for both of our offense for the majority of the game. Where e Even so, Danny, for the first quarter, 0-0. Zero, zero. The second quarter, yeah, they got a touchdown on us, but we only put up three points. A third quarter, again, another 0-0. Zero, zero. And those final 14 points for the Minnesota Vikings, sir, they were towards, again, towards the end of the game where our defense spent the majority of the time on the field. So, again, after what you saw, after seeing the game and being able to soak it all in, again, the defense, for me, big, big, big reason why we were, we were even in that game. Well, I mean, you guys forced them. I think it was like four, three and outs in the first half consecutive. Like, yeah. you guys had them in, on lock. I, I, that's why I thought at some point that Skyler Thompson was going to lead you guys to a win. Now, obviously, he got hurt. 
Um, and yeah, I guess there's a lot of credence to what you're saying. They're giving up a lot of points in the fourth quarter because they're playing so much. But I was honestly surprised at how well the defense was looking. The Vikings sure. lost out there. Yep. They, they couldn't get anything going. Dalvin Cook was held in check. Justin Jefferson, yep. for the most part in the first half, at least he was held in check. Adam Thielen finally got loose later in the game. Like I, I was pleasantly surprised. You still don't have uh, your second corner. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Byron Jones. Jones. Byron Jones. Yeah, Byron Jones. You still don't have him. So, I mean, I guess you guys are – what it, what's it going to take for them to put it together for 60 minutes? Yeah. Because when, I, when Tua comes back, you guys are uh, – or at least try to be an explosive offense, right? You strike yeah. fast. But the downfall of that is that your defense ends up staying on the field for a long time. You guys don't have sure. very long drives. You guys try to hit Tyreek Hill and Jaden Waller on long passes. Those are quick drives. Yeah. That's what happened against the Bills. The Bills were on the field for like – 90 minutes and there's only 60 minutes in a game it's 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 crazy how often your defense is on the field because you guys score so quickly yeah so i'm not sure if that that's even working against you because like you said the defense ends up getting gassed towards the end of the game and, and remember it wasn't just byron jones being out um our boy darth kahoo the the rook the standout rookie from texas a&m whatever school he went to and it's not even texas it's like texas a&m cathedral I, I don't even know right now um, but even he was out this game. So it ended up being on Noah, Noah Ingabangi, or You know, I hate even trying to pronounce this kid's name because this kid should not be a corner in the NFL. Um, he had two big pass deflections, so I'll give him that. I think there were the his first two pass deflections of his career, it seems like, to me. Obviously, I'm being a little bit of an a-hole on that one, but I was like, finally, the kid was able to turn his head around and bat the ball away um, from the receivers. But for the most part, again, the defense spent the majority of time on the field. If it would have been for consistent drives from our offense, um, I think we would have won this game. Remember, I picked the Dolphins to lose, but I picked the Dolphins to lose in a close one, and the, this game was a close one. So when I saw Skyler Thompson putting it together and I saw the defense hold, holding them in check, like, turn to my boy. I'm like, this is a winnable game. And before we go on to the next topic, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Do you, uh, remember, when Dal- you remember when Dalvin Cook broke that run? Yeah, 55 right, yards. Right, right after the Teddy Bridgewater uh, interception. Yards, yeah, uh-huh. So I, I turned in the I, coffin. Yeah, I turned to Nelson, and and I literally he, he verify it with him if you want. And I quote, I told him just like this. I turned to him and I told him, we've been bending for four quarters. This is where we break. Handoff, touchdown. Because I honestly felt it that – Whatever momentum we had, that interception depleted our defense. And it, it, it happened to be that right at that moment, he broke that run. Uh, now, we feel – and look, before I started looking at the stats, yeah, the eye test at least told me that your defense was, was playing well. Then the For stats sure. told me otherwise. For sure. I'm somewhere in the middle right now because, again, okay. you guys, whether you give them up in the fourth quarter or the first quarter, you're giving up those points. So I'm somewhere in the middle with it. But your defense is showing up. Your offense, to me, is still suspect. Okay. But your your special teams. What's going on with your special? You guys try to fake punt, and generally, when I see a fake punt, it's usually the punter passing it out to somebody. Yeah. I've never seen them try to run it, and fail. Like that that that's something that at least I don't see very often. Can Can I touch on that? Go ahead. Touch all you want. 
would I have called that play on our own side of the field? No, I would not have called that play, but I'm also not you, a Mike coach. McDaniels got, Mike McDaniels, I mean, because he has to – yes, exactly. He's got the cojones because you have to – he has to authorize that play. But let me tell and you something to, else to about that. On your own side of the field? Let me tell you something about that. And you know what gives me even more vindication about what I've been talking about? He mm-hmm. only approves that play depending on how comfortable he feels with our with our defense. And our defense our defense didn't give up any points. So again, it goes to show you that if you trust to call that fake punt, and again, he's trying to get momentum for his offense. If you call that fake punt, it's because you have a lot of faith in your defense, and it's merited. I'm sorry for people who don't want to believe it. It's merited. Our defense is – we haven't gotten into great this season. By all means, I will never say they've been playing great. But they have been playing good football for three full quarters and some of the fourth every single game so far this season. It has not been a blowout for three-plus quarters so far this season for this defense. So, again, and, and, I, and I'm very happy that you brought up special teams, Danny, because our, my boy Jason Sanders has been getting a lot of flack recently, um, This the, not just this week. He blew a bad kick against you guys that could have put us in the lead. Obviously, you remember that. And then this this week, he also missed another good one, and he pushed the hell out of that ball. Now, I get it. One thing that you and I agreed on, when he missed against the Jets, MetLife Stadium's wins are, dude, if you don't kick it right, it's going to take mm-hmm. that ball. Sir, there was not a lick of wind at Hard Rock Stadium. The way he punched that ball to the, to the right-hand side, I was like, this doesn't look like Jason Sanders. Like, I get it. He's been very efficient coming into this season. I can't tell you what it is because I've never been a kicker in my life. Maybe you could shine some light to that, but no, I play for, soccer. I don't kick field goals with uh, <laughs> egg shaped ball. But, but I bet we've seen plenty of kickers in our league, and, and it is kind of hard to dictate. Once you're so good at kicking the ball, what changes for you mentally? Where to the point where you start missing what you're very comfortable at making? Which fifty yarders are by no chance. I'm not saying they're gimmies, but he's been very accurate when it comes to those kicks. I think he's missing more now than making. So do you think it's a fair point for, for the fan base saying, is it time to move on from Jason Sanders? Because a lot of them have been tweeting that um, I think I've, I've seen enough of Jason Sanders this season. No, but that's the thing. It, it's it's not easy. Like Because kicker, kickers are like uh, – it's a position that we really don't think too much about. We just take fair. it for granted. But yeah. it's really hard to find a good kicker. Believe it. Take it from me as a Jets fan. The last two seasons, we went through like three or four kickers. Throughout yeah. the season, because it's so hard to find a consistent a consistent kicker, you yeah. have a good one. He's having a rough run, but if he's good, he's gonna start making them again. It's absolutely sure. no reason to get rid of Jason it's Sanders. It's it, it, it's it's ridiculous. Now, if he starts missing extra points, then I'm like, okay, yes. there's something wrong. Then let's then let's, start, let, then let's have that right. conversation. But if he's missing, you know, high forties, fifties, like those aren't gimmies. You, you're not always gonna make those. And and again, we're not going to spend too much time on it. We got a few topics left of this Vikings game, but another one that I want to talk about, which obviously you saw. Oh, I'm no, sorry. Before, go ahead. Before you get on this one, I talked about the offense, the defense, and special teams. There was one more thing I wanted to get on. Real All right, quick. go for it. It was fourth and five in the fourth quarter. Okay. And I was watching, and it was really odd to me because you guys were on offense, and I felt like that stadium got really, really loud. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. And you guys about. converted, but I thought to myself, why are these guys – like, 
it's 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 more difficult for the offense to perform when they can't communicate with each other. That's the yeah. point of home field advantage. I don't think the fan base for the Dolphins has realized that they're supposed to be quiet when the offense is at work. Now, did okay. that stand out to you? You were at the game. I think you yeah. know, might know what play I'm talking about. And oh, I, I saw exactly on TV, about. I saw a couple fans going like this. But oh, I was there one weren't of those enough. Fans. There weren't enough people doing this because they were. Just, it was really loud in there. So this is going to be a two-part answer for you. Go for it. The first part. The first part is yes. There were plenty of Dolphin fans on that exact play. Getting now, loud. Mind you, mind you, I'm sitting across from my boy, and I'm watching the big screen that's right above us. Because at this point, they're on the opposite side of the field, and I'm like, I really want to see what's going on. And you should have seen my face when they're in the huddle, and I start hearing, let's go Dolphins. <laughs> I got so fucking pissed. Sir, I stood up. And I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And I started doing, shut the fuck up. My section, mind you, and here goes into the two-part um, answer. We were surrounded by Vikings fans. I mean surrounded. Sir. It was a sea of purple. So the second part to your question, you're like, yo, it was really loud. You have no idea how loud it was. It wasn't just us. Well, not us, because I wouldn't be so stupid to do any noise on offense. But, sir, we were getting drowned out by Vikings fans clapping their hands together and going, skull, skull, skull. That, I see. I couldn't hear that through the TV. That I didn't – I couldn't recognize. But I yeah. did hear it get louder. Now, a part of me kind of understands if it's a casual fan and you're going for it on fourth down, that's exciting. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, we're going for it on fourth down. Everybody right. recognizes, even if you're just a casual fan, fourth down, that's a big deal. So I kind of yeah. get it. But, like, at some point – I mean, these common sense to football fans should yeah, kick in. Yeah. Like, all right, but you got to let them communicate, right? They got to they gotta work around what they see on the defense, you know? Maybe you got to call an audible. <laughs> you know, there's, there's different things going around. So, no, no, listen. The credit goes to the Vikings fans. They showed up for their team. The away side, Danny, was – I have video of it, and I'll show it to you the next time we're together. It was purple up and down on that sideline, bro. I mean, from first row – to row 25, Vikings fans. Me, wow. my section, row 130, row one, two Dolphin fans sitting next to each other, myself and my boy, nothing but Vikings fans around us. And a, a lot of them were chirping. A lot of them were chirping at the end of that game, sir. Oh, where are these Dolphin fans going now? <laughs> I turned around. <laughs> I said, I'm still right here. Right here. Here's where I am. I stayed to the last whistle because that's just how are I am. You, are you going to be there for the Steelers game? I will not be there for the Steelers game, sir. I will not be there for the Steelers game, unfortunately. As like I said, I'm here for work, sir. And um, by the time I get back, it's going to be too close to, you know, go gotcha. to that game. Understood. But let's let's talk about something else, sir. And you 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 probably read this one um, when I sent you the show. So you're like, who the fuck is actually hating on the Penguin? Well, I get it. I mean, he he that fumble was pretty costly. So so let's talk about that fumble. Um, do you know what Jalen Waddle's numbers were for the end of that game? No. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna read you the, the box numbers here real quick, sir. Uh -oh. I, I know they're better Waddle. than they've been the last couple of weeks because the last For couple sure. weeks still in fantasy. Yep. Six catches, 129 yards. His longest was a 49. Tyreek Hill's longest was a 28. Okay? So let's put into perspective that Jalen Waddle's had two bad weeks, but it's uncharacteristic of him to drop that ball the way he did. Now, he's had some bad drops, like the ones that hit him in the hands. 
I get it. Yeah. You're not always going to be perfect and be able to catch the ball. But there were actual people on Twitter blasting this kid. And I don't mean blasting this kid in a, oh, my God, he shouldn't have fumbled that ball. First of all, who do you think was more upset, the fan base or that man that we're driving down the field and he gives up that big-ass fumble? Do you think he doesn't he doesn't care more than your average fan? No, no, I'm pretty sure that he was beyond pissed with himself. And you saw it on the way that he went to the sideline. You saw the way his face looked on that sideline. I, I'm so ready for him to see what he's going to do with two of this week against Pittsburgh. But, Danny, I'm glad you said casual fan and, and when we were just talking about the loudness of them saying, let's go Dolphins when we're on fourth and five. You, it has to be bandwagon fans that would, would be even thinking about giving shit to, to the Penguin, right? I got to be right about that. No, for sure. I mean, they must not know what he did his rookie season they must not know how he looked the first couple weeks of the season right like right? they, they, they be, got excited coming into this now right they, they got excited and and there's they think tyree kill is the star here and then the other guy is just messing up so that that's a possibility now another thing is that twitter's just a toxic place and people just like oh, to give them, for sure bro they just like to see things that are going to get attention so that, that's another thing okay but what i did like about I, not that I like to fumble, but what I did yeah, like yeah. what he did afterwards is that the next offensive drive, he had a big play. Yeah. He had a big time catch and he he ran for I don't know how many yards. That that long that you said it was 40 something yards. I don't know if yeah, that yeah. was that play. Yeah, and pretty, or, it was that one. It was that one. So, and that with, was after with the Connor, fumble. With Connor Williams leading the way down the field the whole entire way. And Listen. he bucked it up the sideline. Yep. So like that that's that's to me, that's a big boy play. Like, yeah. you didn't let that get to your head. You got there, and you thought to yourself, I'm going to get in the end zone. Because it looked like he was determined. Like, I, he didn't yeah. get there. But right. that's a big. That's how you make up for a big mistake. Obviously, you couldn't make up for it altogether. You still lost the game. But if, right. that, if he was on my team, I would have been thrilled with that, with, that, uh, with that comeback, with that reaction to, to yeah. hit that fumble. I, I appreciate that. And that's exactly what I thought as a, as a, a avid Dolphins fan. Um, there is nothing that kid could do right now unless he fumbles every game from here on out for the rest of the season in big-time plays that would even get me to merrily say, oh, my God, we need to get rid of Jalen Waddle. Okay, I have, a, I have a random question for you, a stupid question, a hypothetical that just popped in my head. Dumb as shit, but it. it's a, but it's a podcast, it. so why not? I like it. If you had to, had to get rid of one of your receivers, which one would you get rid of? Waddle or Tyreek Hill? Obviously, you don't have to. It's a hypothetical. You can only yeah. keep one of them right now. Tyreek Hill. Really? Yeah. Even even though Waddle's so much younger? That's the reason I'm keeping Waddle because of... No, oh, you said you would get rid of Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I would get rid of Tyreek Hill. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, 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 okay. The I, age of... Because that's what yeah. I would do. I would keep Waddle. Speed, is, I think, is going to be there for Tyreek for many, many, many more seasons. Because... Right. I, I I think Desmond Green, I, I believe that's his name. Correct me if I'm wrong. The one that used to play for Green Bay, that guy was Desmond still Howard. running. Desmond Howard, he was still running four threes well into his forties. So I think speed and the way Tyreek treats his body, he's going to be dominant for more seasons to come. But the upside to Jalen Waddle that he does have Tyreek Hill speed, the fact that he's so young, the fact that he's on a friendly contract. If you're asking me to right now put a gun to my head, pick one, I'm going to stick with Waddle. And I and. I also like Waddle's build a little better. I think Waddle is built a little more to more take punishment. To, right, like to take punishment. Like I know Tyreek gets hit, gets up. I, I get all that. Yeah. But I feel like 
in a couple of years, that's going to catch up to him because he doesn't have that big build. I feel like Waddle is a little stockier. Well, let me tell you, sir. If you, I don't think you've seen Tyreek Hill in person. That guy is no, literally. No, I like, know. I know. I know. I, I've seen his biceps. I, I get it. But yeah. to me, Waddle looks a little stockier. No, no, I get it. I think he's more um, he's more spread filled out. In, more filled in. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Tyreek yeah, Hill is really, really cut. Really, really cut. Yes. But I don't know. I think I think it would be harder to to to, to move Waddle, and I could be completely wrong. It's just something that I I've thought I've seen with my eyes. But again, I could be hundred percent wrong. On that. Listen, guys, that was just a hypo- hypothetical. Nobody would ever listen. I bet you're going to cut that. But no. like, oh my god, they want to get they they want to get rid of Tyreek Hill. We did not say that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I but should cut let, it right there. Let's talk about uh, the third best tight end in the league, in Mike Gesicki, the gritty master himself. Um. God, he was getting a lot of I, beef. I have, <laughs> I have a, I have a theory. Okay. My theory is, is that he told all the Dolphins' offense that yeah. he planned on doing the gritty every time he scored a touchdown this season, <laughs> and because it's so foul, they have purposely not given him the ball unless they absolutely had to. He is like the fourth checkdown. That you know is what? my theory. I can see that. I can see that. But you know what? I like it. Why do I like it? Not because I think it's good. It's really not. It, and he knows it's not good. I like it because no matter how bad it is, he's still going to hit it. That <laughs> He's still going to hit that gritty. He doesn't care because he's having fun with it. And I, I enjoyed him having this game, Danny, because you know that I've been wanting him to get involved. <sighs> Six catches, 69 yards, gets in the end zone twice. Danny, I've been asking for it all season. I'm glad I finally got it. But again, if this guy and I and I have a strong feeling, especially with the reports that came out today, that he's on he's on the trading block. If they trade him to an offense that even has a let's say um Oh my god, if we get if the Jets get him, forget it, it's over. Let's say that he has I, I if they trade him, I don't think it's gonna be within the division unless you guys give up a stupid amount of picks. But if we'll give if you Elijah gets, Moore. Oof. If, if, <laughs> if, if he gets to a team, let's say with tier two quarterbacks or higher, mm-hmm. Mike no, Gusecki is going to blow up the league. I, I, I disputed your take on he's the third best tight end in the league. But I've always told you, I thought he could be top five someday. Yeah, Maybe even this sure. year, he could be top five. I know it's not a big difference between five and three, but to me it was. I get it. I, I think he's one of the better and has the potential to be one of the better tight ends in the league. So if you use him, I think he's going to cook. He, they just and, haven't and, been using him. And you know what I appreciate even more? Unlike Elijah Moore, that you decided to bring up his name, is the fact that they've asked him all season, does it bother you that you're not being involved? And he literally said, we're winning. If this is what it takes, me blocking more, me getting less catches and we're winning. But didn't he, he just to... get paid? No, he's on a franchise tag. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, he's on a franchise tag, sir. But I, but so, the thing is, I, th- I think he's already built. Like, look at us. We're talking about the fact that he's probably one of the top five tight ends in the league. Yeah. It's easy to be like, don't worry, I'll get my money eventually. Not to get into the Jets, but like Elijah Moore is like, I need to make a name for myself or else this big paycheck isn't coming in the future. That's, I think that's, that's a big difference. I'm not wishing any ill will on Mike Gusecki by any means, but he's on a franchise second, and he could have a really bad injury right now, and he doesn't end up getting paid like the type of skill level that he brings to the field. So it's probably best be that he doesn't get involved. <laughs> probably, but the fact that he's playing on a franchise tag and he's saying all the right things, and you know what? Again, I test. 
when you go back and watch those all 22 angles, the man is blocking up and down the field. And he is getting open and that was his down weakness. the field. Right. And you know what? It's not great blocking, but he's doing it. He's nah, doing it, and it. he's practiced hard at doing it. And even when he's when he's not when he's not getting the ball, he's getting open down the field. And even though he's not getting the ball, you don't hear him out here requesting trades to other teams. Just saying. But um, right. listen. Which... Moving on, we're moving on to excitingness here, sir. Sunday night football. I've been dying for the Dolphins to return to Sunday night football, and we're finally getting it. We're getting it with the throwback unis that you also really I like as as a, as a Jets fan. Um, if, if it wasn't for zone, being a Dolphin jersey, I might get one. Fair enough. The end zone is going to have the throwback logos and colors mm. in there too. Very excited for that as well. But, Danny, the obvious storyline is to us coming back. The yep. other obvious storyline is Brian Flores so it's, is, it's coming is, back. Is, is on the opposite sideline. And even bigger, Steven Ross is coming back. No, I'm kidding on that last one. You know, I don't think <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think the owner watching games makes that makes much absolutely of a no difference. Right. Um for like you guys had basically Woody Johnson in in in, in Europe for like a whole season. So it really doesn't make Four um, years. any difference. So let's talk about that. Tua will do everything in his power to defeat Brian Flores. And I get it. Let's not make this just about that because one thing I could assure you, if the offense gets presented, because last last week it was a defense, I think they're gonna go with presenting the offense and Tua will be the last one to come out that tunnel. I promise you, we will every our fan base is gonna blow that stadium up when Tua. Just for the simple fact of what the kid's been through, how he's been treated from out from the outside view, and everything he's done leading up to he's from Mike McDaniel's point of view, he goes. You could tell how much his kid loves football because even though he's not playing, I'm calling plays into the quarterback and he's repeating them while standing right next to me. Just as I call it in, he's he's saying it out loud. When a player messes up, he goes out there and talks to them. I don't have to go do that. When a quarterback needs help understanding something, he's on the sideline helping the quarterback understand what he needs to do. Like the epitome of a team player, the epitome of a captain is what Tua has been showing these last three weeks that he hasn't been able to play. But let's not make a big deal of it, but we know – we presume to know the feelings that Brian Flores had towards Tua Tagovailoa, right? So, I, I mean, if all the reports are true, it's pretty obvious. He just thought he sucked right, ass. Right, and and he didn't want him. Like he didn't want him. He, every opportunity no. he had to yank him from a game, he would yank him from a game. So, crazy. let's talk about it. Tua is going to do everything in his power to defeat Brian Flores, and I get it. Brian Flores is not the defensive play caller but he's the assistant to the defensive play caller. So everything that he knows about Tua, he's going to bring it this game. But again, it's a different offense than what Brian Flores had when he was, because he hired every single shitty offensive coordinator to run the offense for Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Now he has Mike McDaniels in his corner. This has to matter. Like, yeah, you may know some of Tua's weaknesses, but our offensive coordinator, which is actually an offensive coordinator, brings out those strengths of Tua. And I think we're going to see it this week. But what do you feel? How do you? How are you feeling about this matchup coming into it? The fact that Brian Flores knows Tua's game so well, yeah. and also the fact that he, again, all speculation because nobody's come out and confirmed it. But Correct. if it's true that he was constantly telling him that he sucked, yeah. and the way he was yanking him is, there has to be something in his game that he didn't like, and whatever mm-hmm. it is that's in his game that he didn't like, he's going to come out and try to attack. He yep. must have thought, this is what's going to cause us to lose. So now on the opposite side, he's going to be like, let's attack this. 
my worry for you guys is that you guys gave up six sacks against the Vikings. Like your offensive line did not necessarily look great on Sunday. And let me tell you something: the Steelers bring the heat. Yep, they bring pressure. So there's a good chance that Tua is running around a lot, and he's going to take some hits. Now, yep. my question to you is: Sure, what happens? when he takes a pretty bad hit and he lands on the ground. Now, I know what he's going to do. His first instinct is going to be to jump up as quickly as possible to, to try to avoid that spotter. Yeah. But I, I feel if I, if I were you, I would be really worried. I'd be really worried because you're going to play against a defense that blitzes a lot, a yep. defense that has – I have to check the stats, but they pressure and they get to the quarterbacks quite a bit. And then you have Tua coming back from what's obviously been talked about over and over again over the last three weeks. Like, you you got to keep Tua clean because I, I don't doubt that they pull him really quick because it's a primetime game and all eyes in the country are focused in on this game, on this player. Like, if he takes a bad hit, the NFL knows this is a primetime game. Everybody's yeah. watching. Yeah. <clears throat> like, if this was a Sunday at 1 o'clock, maybe it's a little yeah. different. But prime time, that was the reason the Bengals thing was such a, a big deal. Because it was a was prime time it. game. Everybody was watching it. So yeah. it, it, draw, it, it drew everybody's attention. They're going to bring that up. They're going to show the replays before the game starts, during the game, after he gets his first sack. Like That's going to be something, a constant conversation throughout the game. So the first time he gets hit or his head or shoulder hits the ground in any which way, they're going to bring it up. Oh, he got up okay. Oh, did he, did he stumble? Oh. And, and everybody's <laughs> going to be talking about it on Twitter. The NFL's got their spotter check. They might, they might, because it's only one game, they might have like four or five spotters at the game. Like, I think it's going to be an overdone storyline in the game, but I think it's going to yeah. be a good one, uh, a big one. I uh, To answer your initial question, I'm not that worried about it. And here's why I'm not worried about it. But let me touch on something else real quick. Uh, by the way, did the NFL release a statement saying that spotters are only to be able to be used for Dolphins games? Because I feel like the, the the spotters aren't being used in any other game of people getting. I believe I believe they did say that they, they did say okay. that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I just wanted to make sure that 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 was okay. a statement. Yes, All right, yes, moving on. Moving on to why I'm not worried. Two quick topics. Um, Mike McDaniel apparently had a conversation with Tua about that, um, and Tua came out in his press conference and talked about it. He goes, um, "I may not may I may not have got hurt." If I wasn't consistently holding on the ball for for so long, trying to make a bigger play when it's not there. And we could agree. I think you and I talked about it when the injury happened. Nobody's blaming Tua for trying to make a bigger play happen. But the injury did happen because of how much longer you held on to that ball. You could have you could have rushed for a yard. You could have thrown it out the sideline. And these are things he mentioned. He goes, I've never been a type of player to throw the ball out of bounds. But maybe I have to start doing that. And this is what Coach is telling me. He goes, if you see an easy dump off, it might be a yard or two, but guess what? It's going to avoid you getting hit. So I, I feel like for the last three weeks, he's been predicating this into his head. I need you to start looking at these things. If, if it's not there, get rid of it. If it's not there, dump it off. So this is why I'm not worried about that, about that defense hit pressure as much. And it is a vaunted defense when it comes to pressure. But before I let you get in your topic, Sir, they are giving 227 yards through the air per 
that's the average so far against Steve. That's the average, 227 yards per year. And you got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I'm just saying, even Cedric Wilson might have 30 yards this game. I'm just throwing that out there. But go ahead. What was going to be your point? <laughs> Cedric Wilson isn't going to have no 30 yards. Uh, you just said that. It completely threw me off. I forgot what my yeah, point I, was. I meant to. I, I meant to do yeah, that to no, you. Uh, um, no. Doesn't that worry you a little bit that two is going to come into this game thinking too much? Like, I feel no. like he might be over – I. Because it almost makes sense, right? Like, okay, he's not thinking too much. Just if it's not there, throw it away. But I feel like he's going to be overthinking. Because yeah. Tyreek is going to get open in another second. Do I hold on to it and wait that second? Or do I throw it away? Is the pressure coming? Like, I feel like he might be overthinking this game. I, I think, think that, I think that, that calling, might work against think, you guys. I think the play calling is going to be predicated to what the strengths are. And you know what? We're talking about it. Let's talk about the keys to the game real quick because it leads directly into what you just asked me. I think the keys mm -hmm. to the game is you know you have two studs that could get over the top. But let's stop worrying about getting over the top, Danny. The yak that these boys bring to the table was reflected against the Minnesota Vikings. Tyreek Hill would catch a five-yard pass and then run for 20. Jalen Waddle would catch a five-yard out running for 49. I think you need to start. My key is Short passes, short passes, short passes. Until they prove they can stop your short passes, hammer them with it. Let Raheem Mostert come out the backfield. Stop throwing to Chase Edmonds. I'm sorry, Chase. I didn't mean that. But seriously, he's he keeps having bad drops. So I, yeah, I, I say – He has big drops, yeah. Yeah. Listen, Raheem Mostert out the backfield, hand it off to him. Um, short passes to Jalen Waddle. short passes to, to Tyreek Hill. Let those boys get and let them eat yak. I, I think that would be my key to the game. What about you? Isn't this kid Armstead coming back? Um, he's he's questionable. Um, him and Austin Jackson should see the, the field this week. That's what maybe Daniel has said. Um, that they were close to playing last week, but they weren't just there yet. So this week of practice, uh, big man to run Armstead. They're giving him a lot of vet days off just to rest that toe. But I think that you will see him this week, and I think Austin I think Jackson does come back. And, and I think that that helps because. Uh, when I'm telling you that this kid Hightower from the Steelers, when him on one side and TJ Watt, I know TJ Watt's injured. He's not going to play in the game. Correct, I'm saying, correct, correct. Yeah, with yeah. those two out there, the Steelers are must be a pain in the ass to play against because I yeah. watched them play a couple weeks ago. And just this kid Hightower gets in there with so much reckless abandon. Like it's just – it's crazy how quickly and how, how devastating he is getting into the quarterbacks. So yeah. I think that that's going to be a big time if you guys can get those guys back. Uh I'm with you. Whenever you have a team that pressures you so much, you got to hit them with the quick dump offs. Let them get that yak. No, no, I'm going to let you finish, but I just want to get, because I just looked at the, the injury report that was just released. Um, Teron Armstead and Austin Jackson are not on it, but go ahead. Go back, to, go back to your, your point. Not, okay. So, right. So, so you have to attack them with that short passing game. Like you said, I, I was saying it all year. I, I, before we, or at least before I realized that Tua could consistently get the ball downfield, he yeah. was still going to put up yards because all you need to do is dump it off to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Look at Teddy Max. Bridgewater in the fourth quarter. Teddy Bridgewater, one drive was basically all Tyreek Hill, but it, he made Ty but he made Teddy Bridgewater look like a like a competent starting quarterback. Like people were and, actually and bringing up his three hundred plus yards. Yeah, like two hundred of those were literally yak yards. But go ahead, go ahead, continue. I, we should look that up because I, I'm pretty sure two hundred plus were just yak yards. So yeah. that's all you need. You don't need Tua to come out and win you the game. You need Tua to protect the ball, get the yep. ball where it needs to be. He's an accurate quarterback. Everybody knows that. He's probably one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. Get the yep. ball where it needs to go, short yardage, before the pressure gets there, 
and let Tyreek Hill and Jaden Waddle do what they do. And with the defense, I mean, Kenny Pickett now is a little more comfortable if he's playing, but I still yeah. don't think he's any anywhere near a world beater. If your defense can stand up to them, I think, unless Najee Harris, I mean, I guess Najee Harris can can run on you guys. I don't know. Well, but Dalvin Cook. I, I just can't. I, oh. No, but Bryce Hill, Bryce Hall did. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, your defense is is that is that it, it still has me in a in a pickle. I still don't know I, if I can I get trust you. it. I don't know if I can trust it. I I get it. So. Well. Well then, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and predict this game because it's prediction time. Um, being that it's being that it's Sunday night football, sir, I, I want you to go first because I'm I'm obviously way more excited about Sunday night football because I'm pretty sure that you're gonna watch this game just because you know we got to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I watch I, every I, Dolphin I'm, game I'm, this year. Right, I, I'm really ever. excited about it. I'm really excited about this game, so I really want to get your prediction out of the way first. Now knowing that Teron Armstead will play, Austin Jackson is gonna play, and who would have thought? three weeks ago or four weeks ago when he got hurt that we'd be excited to have Austin Jackson back in. But this, the way that the offensive line has been playing so atrocious, Greg Little, he's been a good contributor, but guess what? At left tackle, that guy does not belong at left tackle. He was getting no. beat all day. Liam Eikenberg getting beat all day. But Danny, officially, what's your prediction time for this week? Well, I do like what Dolph Freaky came out and said about bringing their own towels and trying to drown out those yellow towels because you know those terrible yes, towels sir. are going to be out there. So I yes, did like that. I don't know if you guys are going to accomplish it, but I think that that would be a great strategy to go, and you should figure out a way to get this out there, Manny, because you got to uh, try to help with that cause. For sure. Now, I do think that there's going to be a lot of Steeler representation in that stadium. So whether it's fourth down or third down, I think it's going to get loud, <laughs> kind of like it did last week against the Vikings. Yep. Because I'm not sure about your defense, I have a hard time picking this game. Okay. Because I want to say Tua is going to play well. But I do think that the Steelers are going to get to him. I do think there's a chance that we have some type of controversy if he lands wrong. Okay. Kenny Pickett looked pretty good against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is one of the best defenses in the league before he got concussed or whatever it was that happened when Trubisky came back in. Yeah, don't worry about it. He's already practicing. So, you know, apparently it wasn't a concussion. The spotter didn't see it. But go ahead. A part of me wants to say that the Steelers are going to win, but I have a very hard time thinking that you guys are going to lose in your home on Sunday night with Brian Flores back in the building, with Tua returning. I feel like even though everything is telling me to pick the Steelers, I just can't imagine you guys losing say it. in this say situation. It. <laughs> so in this situation, I just can't imagine you guys losing this game. So even though it's almost like common sense is telling me, no, the Steelers are going to win this game. I, I just I have a hard time believing that you guys won't. So I'm gonna say the Dolphins are gonna take this game, and I think they're gonna take it 23 to 17. I like it. I like that pick, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit more blasphemous this week. So ESPN has us as se- basically 75% favorites to win this game. They're giving us seven points. Um, we're seven uh, point. Sorry, the the Steelers are seven point underdogs. So they got us by a full touchdown, thinking that we're gonna win this game, and I agree. I think that it's going to be a little bit more than seven points. Um, with Tua coming back, um, Mike McDaniel knows the disrespect that Tua now, went Remember, to. the Steelers just beat the Buccaneers. Just, just want to remind you one more time. Tom Brady's 50 years old. Tom Brady's 50 years old. I don't give a fuck. I think that um, with all the positives that are coming back this game, 
Teron Armstead coming back, Austin Jackson coming back, um, uh-huh. Tua coming back, obviously. Having that connection back with Jalen Waddle, having that connection with Tyreek Hill that looked really good for the first three weeks. Um, something tells me that this game is going to be close for a little bit, and when Tua gets comfortable again, it's going to be bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I you remember how you said that the only uh, the only quarter that we looked good in was when Tua threw those four um, six touchdowns and he put up twenty eight points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Danny, I see twenty eight. I see twenty eight points through three three quarters for the Miami Dolphins this week. Um, I think that we do put up somewhere between twenty eight to thirty one points on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that whether it's Kenny, if Kenny Pickett does start, rookies tend to make more mistakes than veterans. And I don't think Mitch, Mitch Trubisky is a great player, but I think he'll take care of the ball more than Kenny Pickett will. Um, so I'm leaning towards wanting Kenny Pickett to be in the game. He's got some legs on him. He will, he will get out of the pocket, um, uh-huh. but I don't think it'll be enough um, this week. I think that our crowd will really be into this game, not just because Tua is coming back, but because it's Sunday Night Football. Like you said, the whole world is watching. Every single yep. NFL team will be watching. Every and that, single and that could work against you, I'm telling you. It could. It could. But something tells me, and you know, I've picked games pretty fairly for when it's your Jets, and I pick pretty games fairly when it's been my team. Something tells me that this game is going to be special. I could be dead wrong, obviously, but I think this game is going to be special, and I think Tua's going to—he's going to come out rough at first because he's had three weeks off. Um, I don't think he'll turn the ball over. I think there'll be a couple three and outs here and there. Um, but something tells me he's going to find his niche this game and he's going to light up the Pittsburgh Steelers. I see, I see a 28 to 31 game for the Dolphins and I'm going to stick with your score for the Steelers. I think they're going to put up around 17 points. And don't forget that two is technically undefeated this season. I know that they were, I mean, they lost to the Bengals, but I mean, he came back in the fourth quarter against the Ravens. Nothing says that he couldn't have done that against the Bengals. So technically undefeated so far this year. So I am a hundred percent with you. I mean, Tua could lead them to a victory. I just – I don't know. I, I think this is going to be a I, – I can't imagine that they're going to blow him out like you're saying. I, I think Najee Harris is very similar to Bryce Hall. I think he could run up the yards. And I, I still haven't seen the pass pressure from you guys. Where are you no, guys it, at? It's been, it's been missing for quite some time. Jalen Phillips, Phillips did get a sack this past game against um, – Christian Wilkins also looked amazing. But, again, we're Christian talking about the Steelers game. Great. Yes, he did. Um, yes, I, and it's contract right. and it's contract year. It's contract year for big boys. So I think he is going to get paid, just like your boy Quinny Williams to get paid. But Danny, thank you for joining me on the episode seven of the Battered Fins podcast. It was, it was different. You know, it was different recording all the way from of in of in state Arizona. Yeah, it's kind of weird because uh, my night's about to end and your night hasn't even started yet. Still, so I'm sure Correct. the sun's still outside. I, I, I'm gonna go get Real some great cake after this. But go ahead. I think the Dolphins, there's no way they lose. I, I really do. Just I feel like everything is telling me because of the circumstances that they're going to win. But if the Steelers manage to win, it's going to be because of a Minka Fitzpatrick turnover. Oh, you had to bring that sucker in. Fuck Minka I'm Fitzpatrick. You, I feel it. I feel it. That I, I think that the Dolphins are going to win. But if they were to lose, Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be the reason and it's it's going to almost be like the like the the turning of that knife. Like, ah. By the way, real quick before we sign off, do you think there will even be a handshake between even before or after the game? Do you think there will be a no. handshake between Tua and Brian Flores? No. I don't think so either. I just want to throw that back no. in there right before we finish no. out. But ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching, yeah, yeah, if you're watching, if you're listening, 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us on Episode 7. Sorry that we had to get it to you so late. Unfortunately, sometimes your boss needs you to fly out to Arizona for a few days of training. But we appreciate you. That is Danny G, the Battered Jet fan himself. I am the Bearded Fanatic, and this was Episode 7 of the Battered Fins Fans Podcast. Peace.